Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins Extra. This is another episode and another installment of our January transfer window coverage where we're trying to keep you as up to date with all the moves that are happening within the Premier League in the January window. Mm-hmm. How are we lads? How's things? All good. All good lads. Yeah, grand lad. Plenty of transfers to, to cover today. It's been quite a busy week since we last recorded, Oren. Quite, mm-hmm. quite a few moves um, and potential moves looking like they're going to get done. Surprising ones, look. Surprising, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, look, first one to, to chat about really is, Oren, we were so certain last week that <laughs> Mudrick to, to Arsenal was mm-hmm. going to get done and it's been completely flipped on its head and mm-hmm. Chelsea have now come in. It's massive, massive, massive price tag, 100 million euros. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money for, for such a raw talent. Was this the type of thing you expected to see coming, Oren, or did this just sort of come out of the blue? And realistically, where does Mudrick fit in with Chelsea? I did see it coming. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect him to actually sign for them, but to see a £100 million bid or €100 million euro, sorry, bid come in from Chelsea, 100% I expected it, uh, especially after Arsenal had put in the €95 million. Euro. Um, but look, we've talked a lot about Mudrick on the Bottom Bins podcast, make sure and check that out. Um, and we've been saying that, you know, he, he, he's made, he didn't make it, he made it obvious that he wanted to go to Arsenal. He had Arsenal in his mind, he had Arsenal in his Instagram story every night, for God's sake. Um, but look, Todd Bowley, he's, he, as we've said before, Connor, as we said last week, he's, he's playing the ultimate football manager. He's got an influx of cash from the board, <laughs> um, and he's, he's spending that. Um, 100 million euros is a lot. It's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's a raw talent. He's a good player, a young player. But he scored 12 goals, I think, in, in, his York, in the Ukrainian league in his whole career. Um, that's a lot of money to invest in someone like that. Especially when they're bringing him in as a striker. Um, or as a, as, as a primarily attacking forward anyway. Um, look, it's a long, long contract. I've seen, I've seen a couple of conflicting reports. Officially, uh, sorry. Firstly, I seen that whenever Arsenal offered him a contract and he accepted it, it was worth thirty five thousand pound, and that was thirty one thousand pound more than he was on a checked or so. Apparently, he was on four thousand pound a week. God. Then I seen reports of him being on being on two hundred and fifty thousand pound a week now at Chelsea, but that's not true either. Um, so apparently now he's on. So he signed a long, long term contract. I think it was an eight year contract. Or eight something. years, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's worth thirty five thousand pound a year, or, or thirty five thousand pound a week, um, which I think is great business. Great business for a young player like that there. But obviously, if he does become the superstar as they expect him to be with that price tag, they're going to have to renegotiate this contract yeah, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good starting point. Um, look, I don't know where he fits in. I'm not going to idea. I think he's better than the attackers they've got, so I don't I have no hesitation that he's going to start. Um, but as as we keep mentioning when we talk about Chelsea, Potter doesn't know his side yet. Um, he do, it's not Potter's team yet still. Um, it's going to take a couple of transfer windows for it to be Potter's team, and it is only going to take a couple of transfer windows because we see that that owner is just going to pump money into Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's see how it goes. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, Orn. Uh, Connor Mudrick, obviously, sensational player. <laughs> he really lit up the Champions League this season. But we were convinced that he suited um, Arsenal's style of play a little bit more than he suits Chelsea's style of play. Is this the type of transfer that's going to come in immediately and make an instant impact? Or is it going to take a wee bit longer? It take time. Yeah. Um, I was shocked, to be fair, not that Chelsea went in for a player because they always seem to do this. Like... Anytime someone gets linked to a team, I think Rafinha in the summer, they tried to steal him off Arsenal, and then he went to Barcelona. 
Um, but I just don't know why they made this sort of sign and I thought a midfielder was vital and a player like Fernandez from Benfica for an extra bit of money. I thought that went with him, but they've made the risk now and they've got a player in eight-year contract, which is crazy. I know it's on cheap money, but it's just crazy. And he seemed like he was destined to go to Arsenal. Um, but Chelsea are in trouble at the minute. Looks like they might not even get European football. So mm-hmm. they have to make signings. And like Potter is getting back now. I know it's not really his side at the moment, but it is probably an improvement. Maybe on like, I know Pulisic and Sterling, I think both got injured, you know, as, as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it was against City, wasn't City, it? Yeah, I think, pretty yeah. early on. So they do need um, resources in that. But as we'll go on to other players later on that are getting signed, I 22-year-old, he's had one good season. I know he was really good in the Champions League, um, but it is a risk. Yeah. 100 million as well. Like it could have been spent elsewhere. But Chelsea are spending. They're trying to improve. Um, even though they're really struggling this season. So we'll just have to see how it goes, but it could be it could blow up in their face. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Owen, um, <clears> look, <throat> obviously players now the the prices have inflated, so you're gonna have to pay more money for players yeah. anyway. But um, I seen a quote from Rio Ferdinand, and, and he said, you know, in order to be classed in the top bracket of transfers, which is ultimately what Mudrick comes in under because of the price point, um, you had to have a good eighteen to twenty four months before you were even regarded in that top bracket of of prices for transfers. And now with players, it seems like you only have to have a good three or four months to to be pressed into that bracket. Why do you think there is that change now in football? Well, it's simply, it's down to the Premier League and the money in the Premier League. It's clubs like uh, Chelsea, United, City, they're throwing massive money at, let's be honest, sometimes average players. Like, it seems now that if a Premier League team comes calling... If Atletico Madrid had been going for Muthrick, they could have got him for seventy million. Yeah, because it's Chelsea, we can get an extra thirty million out of these buys, mm-hmm. and they're willing to pay it. That's why the prices are so inflated. I'll be honest, with you, I think it's it's not a great bit of business from Chelsea. Yeah. to be spending this money on Muthrick, like you mentioned, his stats, he scored twelve goal, senior goals in his career, and nine in nine in the uh, Ukrainian league and three yeah. in the Champions League. Don't get me wrong, see this year in the Champions League, I watched him a good couple of times because Celtic were in the same group. Yeah. And he was unbelievable. He tore Celtic apart. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's he's a so reason Shakhtar finished third in that group. But you wouldn't have said he was a hundred million. I, would, I wouldn't have said a hundred million. I said if somebody good team comes in with 40, 50 million, they're getting this lad. Like, yeah. um, I think it was right from Arsenal that they put their market down. I still think if Arsenal had paid ninety five million, they were probably overpaying a, wee, a bit for him. Mm-hmm. But they said, look at this, our last offer, take it or leave it. They left it. I think Arsenal's happy enough to be honest with you. Yeah, I think Arsenal can get as good a talent for less money um, and proven talent for less money look at Mudrick could be a great player he has all the attributes to be a great player mm-hmm. but it's just I don't know he's not worth 100 million in my opinion yeah no that's so fair enough an 8 year deal is a long contract and I'm assuming I know it's 35k it's only 35k a week yep. only 35k a week but I'm assuming and he's to you I find that out in the back of the sofa Um but I'm assuming there's obviously going to be like performance-based incentives and that that if he has a certain amount of targets, um, it'll go progressively go up. Yeah. But it's a long, long contract to be saddled with if it doesn't work out. And I just don't think it's great business for Chelsea, especially because he's not exactly the player they needed. They need a striker. Agreed. They need a midfielder as well. They need midfielders. Yeah. Like I know it's completely unrelated, but I was playing Chelsea, Chelsea on FIFA last night and I was like, why do these fellas not sign a striker? Yeah. It's going to be decent on FIFA. <laughs> but so they don't, where are their goals coming from? Like, 
he's Mujic is creative. He has got like seventeen assists or something. Yeah. there and he's only been playing for his uh, senior football for about eighteen months or so. Yeah, but uh, I just don't see him as changing the fortunes of Chelsea. And I know it's he's only came in and he hasn't had a full window, but Potter is starting to get on thinner and thinner ice. Mm-hmm. And like I know it's a new board and all in, but Chelsea can pull the trigger. Yeah, they have done it in the past. So I don't know if it was the type of I don't necessarily know if Potter wanted this signing or if this was a Todd Bowles signing. See with the money as well, like it's to do with prior deals. So like the Shakhtar like director of football was coming out and stuff stuff and saying, Oh, why would we sell him for under this price when Anthony went to United for like eighty million in the summer? Yeah. So they can just and they put in like a bit in war. Yeah. So like Arsenal probably would have got him for decent enough money, probably less than the ninety five. Yeah. But obviously Chelsea just come in and just blow it out of the water. Out of the water. But, but that's yeah. that's the thing with transfer yeah. businesses today and I'm going a wee bit off topic. The nice me about Celtic, Celtic are taking pennies for players. Yeah. When other teams in similar leagues, like Celtic played Shakhtar this year twice in the Champions League, drew them. They're both similar level teams. Ukrainian league and Scottish league are both similar level leagues. Yeah. yeah. But Shakhtar selling players for 100 million, and Celtic's the top league goal scorer last year is apparently going away for like two and a half million. Mm. Yeah. Like I don't, want, I can't understand mm. that. Did you see even on like their Twitter and all they were like celebrating the fact that he. That he got that much, yeah. much. Yeah. Like, right. Well, I see Shakhtar's given £25 million of that transfer to the army. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, good, to see, yeah, good. good to see Chelsea good funding both sides of the war exactly. there. <laughs> 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 they both sides can't lose. That's it. That's it. Um, look, yeah, I, I would be inclined to agree with everything you have said, lads. I actually felt Chelsea needed a creative midfielder more than they needed a player like Mudrick. But look, if this is the type of sign-in that Bowley went to to Potter with and said look we're going to go and get this guy I would say Potter wouldn't have necessarily have been against it I'd mm, say yeah. it's the type of signing that makes you go yeah okay well mm-hmm. it's not my money so but I'll definitely take a, a player of that quality and and his ceiling is quite high Mudrick he does have, have good potential the only thing that worries me is Ukrainians that do come into the Premier League don't really tend to do all that well you know what you're getting though you know you're getting hard worker yeah yeah um, but Speed. I just I don't understand it from Potter's point of view mm-hmm. if it is a Potter signing, especially when is is probably his best player over the past three and a half years at Brighton, Leandro Trossard, is literally available in the same position. Yeah. I don't know what do you think it is a Potter signing though, or do you think that as you said it's Look, I would say it is one of those where see said. maybe because maybe because Potter's on, on a bit of thin ice, maybe this is one that he didn't want, but because he is on the thin ice bowl he yeah. was able to just say no, like I'm I'm yeah. buying I'm buying yeah. this player. Potter, yeah, he doesn't no. have the authority at the moment to, yeah. to say no. Yeah. And maybe he just said you find a way to get him into the team. I genuinely think Bowley looked at the table, seeing that Arsenal's top of the table and they wanted this player and he's yeah. thinking if they're top of the table and they want him, why don't we want him? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I, I believe I, 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 agree I, with that. I do think there is a wee bit of we don't want them to have it. Yeah, to have yeah. it. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Well, Chelsea's always been like that. Chelsea yeah. are always like that, yeah. yeah, all the time. Well, look, we'll see Felix as well. Like he was being looked yeah. at by United yeah. on the Arsenal, exactly. And Felix just for they done it in the summer as well. But then you think like Chelsea's the only team stupid enough to pay that kind of money. They're the only team stupid enough to pay like, that kind of money mm-hmm. for a freaking six month loan deal. Yeah. And they're yeah. the only team that are stupid enough to get rinsed for a hundred million on a player that's played. But like. 18 months of professional yeah. football or is see, financial fair play is the biggest load of shit in the country yeah. Yeah. Like, they always talk about oh these rules keep the thing and they go oh we'll give these bonds has anyone actually ever served a bloody bond there's always been that threat of a bond but then somehow the minute it goes to court yeah. or whatever it's like no they're absconded of all charges uh, how, many times, like City, how many times have you seen bond. in breaking news case where it's Chelsea three three women transfer bond City bond from European competition the week later 
Bond over turns. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. All the, all the time. It's like an annual occurrence. Yeah. I know. And especially being a United fan over the past few years, Man City always got me quite excited with their bonds because it was always like, oh, they're going to be excluded from competition. Good mom and Jordan. You know, that's real professional. Oh, and your iPhone is beside you. Yeah. Right beside him. But you always seen City's going to get a European bond and yeah. United were always maybe fifth or sixth yeah, and you're like, oh, happy we're going to get Champions League football. I remember that season <laughs> and we were like, yes, we're going to be in there. We're going to be in the Champions League fifth place and they didn't get bond. Oh, well. Oh, oh, what do you do? What do you do? All right, well, I'm moving on, lads. Um, um, big news sort of broke this morning. Um, this is a done deal as far as I'm aware. Um, £15 million package in total. Danny Yings has left Aston Villa. He's moved to a, another Clarton Blue side. Mm-hmm. He's going to London this time. He's going to, to West Ham. Oren, what, what do you make of this transfer? Look, we talked about it before we came in. Um, and it's it seems a win-win for both sides. I think it is a, a high transfer fee to pay for a 30, 31-year-old mm-hmm. Danny Yings who's... Let's be real, Danny Ings, whenever he was at Burnley and moved to Liverpool, he had sky-high potential. Danny Ings like, looked like one of them strikers who was going to be in the Premier League for a long, long time and score loads and loads of goals. But his injury record just has hindered that because he is a good goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, look, it's the same with any transfer of Danny Ings. I said it when he went to Aston Villa, obviously we weren't doing the podcast back then, but whenever he went to Aston Villa, I said, look, if they can keep him fit, he'll score them goals because that's just what he does and he is a great goal scorer. So... West Ham need the striker. They're obviously in a bad spell form. Moyes on a bit of thin ice as well. Um, it's hard to understand if that might be a Moyes signing or if that's a signing from the board mm-hmm. or potentially a new manager coming in just to have another striker option. We'll find out in the next couple of weeks. Um, but look, it's £15 million, It's It's not a lot of money because if he does stay fit, Danny Ings is going to be about for an off four years at the very least. Like, um, so moving from one Clarton Blue, as you said, but like Aston Villa and West Ham, I would say this season Aston Villa and West Ham probably had similar aspirations mm-hmm. coming into the season anyway, especially now with Unai Emery, they would definitely have had similar aspirations, but West Ham just haven't performed. Um, Danny Ings is going to do a job for anybody, and look, Miguel Antonio needs the burden taken off him and striker at West Ham, so. Danny Ings, if he's the man to do that, it's good business. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Connor, do you think this is West Ham maybe admitting defeat a little bit with um, Skamaka? Skamaka yeah. Obviously, you know, paid big money for him in the summer. And he's come in and, don't get me wrong, he's scored a few goals, but yeah. hasn't really looked like the player that... Because, you know, like when you think about it, PSG were in for Skamaka in the summer as well. And, you know, if a club with the level of PSG is coming in for Skamaka... You have to think that he's a top talent. So, do you think this is um, maybe admitting defeat on that transfer yeah, a little bit? I think it's a bit of panic as well. Like I said, we need to stay up. We need a proven goal scorer in the Premier League. He's going to get us goals. Like they've only scored, I think, fourteen goals this season or fifteen goals this season, which is dreadful, especially for the money they spent in the summer. Like Danny Ings is a good player. Fifteen million is a lot, but they need a striker. I thought like Everton or somebody could have done with Danny Ings as well They were linked him, but um, he's going to get you goals. Southampton, he was very good. I see one of them seasons, he scored 22 goals. Yep. Um, he's six goals this season. He is a good player. He'll probably help them stay up. Antonio has a bad injury record as well. Schumacher has not been very good this season either. So 15 million, it's worth the risk. Like You need to stay up. They need to stay up West Ham. And as Orn was saying, like, the bigger aspirations, but that's changed now. They're sitting 19th, 18th, 19th on the table. Yep. They, need to, they need to get results. So he'll get a few goals. And then um, 
you know, 15 million is a lot. They'll probably not transfer him on, but it's, it's worth it. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, is he the type of player that keeps West Ham in the Premier League going? Uh, you you think so? Like, he is a proven Premier League goal scorer. Like, you know he'll get you goals. He is 31 years of age. But I suppose nowadays 31 is not as old as it used to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, he's, he's, still, got, he's still got at least three, four years in Premier League level. Like, yeah. He's just he's cut eighty seven goal contributions in one hundred eighty eight Premier League games, so it's just under two goal. Uh, just sorry, just yeah, just under two goal contributions a game, which isn't bad return like for yeah, a no. striker like Danny Ings. Obviously, he played his best football at Burnley and Southampton. And um, look at Villa, he came in and kind of was behind Ollie Watkins, but he scored whenever he was on the pitch for Villa. So like, he will get you goals, and that's what West Ham need. They need to start scoring. Because like you, th- you always talk about too good to go down. You look at that West Ham team, and you, you really do think this team is too good to go down. This team was in the Europa League semi final last year. Yeah. So like, there's obviously something's gone wrong there, and if they can just get a pl- if they can get a bit of momentum going, you do feel West Ham would probably be safe and comfortably safe. They just need to get something to kickstart that momentum, and a player like Danny Ings coming in, getting them goals, getting them a few results under the belt, could see them just roll on, mm-hmm. and eventually they could end up finishing like uh, 12th or 13th or something comfortably safe, but they need something to kickstart that. Yeah, fair enough. I hope he helps, I hope he helps Skamaka, because Skamaka is a good player. Like We've seen him in some of the f- finishes he's scored already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, and all his goals are good. Like, yeah, yeah, all his goals good. have been bangers. Like. Yeah. Um, and obviously, as you say, PSG were interested in him. There was a few links to Man United when we needed a striker. Hopefully he does come in and he can help Skamaka because they needed someone with Premier League experience mm-hmm. and that was what was crucial for West Ham because as as we've all said to keep them up they need someone who's proven to come and go to come in and score them goals. Yep. It's a January market. There isn't a lot of strikers anyway, let alone strikers available in January that has Premier League experience yep. and are available. Um so look, it's a win-win piece of business for for West Ham and Aston Villa and hopefully it kicks on Janiko Skamaka. Well, West Ham did sort of take a, a risk. Um, uh, this this previous transfer window in the summer, like when you think about it, they did sort of break their normal transfer policy. The fact that they did go for players like Skamaka and Paqueta was so against what West Ham have done in recent years that mm-hmm. this this summer was a big risk, and it was either going to work or it was going to blow up in their face. Now the thing is, these players still have a lot of time to, to come in and get it right. But I just found that, um, especially in Paqueta's case. I thought he was going to come in and be an instant an instant mm-hmm. hit in the Premier League because I thought his skill set just adapted to the Premier League so, so well, but it just hasn't been the case thus far. But it does make me wonder, under different management, could they get better out of a side like West Ham, do you reckon, Oren? Do you reckon maybe Moyes is a, just a little bit stuck in his ways and the progression just hasn't quite been there? Mm. Well, I would say he's stuck in his ways. Uh, we talk about all these managers on the pod and... It is like a, a broken record. We keep saying that their once successful style of football isn't successful anymore. They mm-hmm. haven't adapted to it. And I feel Moise is the same. He needed to adapt this season to build upon last season, which was an incredible season for West Ham. And the signing of Paqueta should have helped that. Um, but you have to look at the likes of Paqueta. Paqueta's still good into the Brazil squad. Yeah. yeah. And he got minutes yeah. for Brazil yeah, in the World time. Cup. Mm-hmm. Um it shows how much at Leon, especially Paqueta and Bruno Gamares, relied on each other, and showed how good they were as a part as a partnership. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't be the case because Bruno Gamares is playing as a defensive midfielder for Newcastle. 
West Ham arguably have one of the best defensive midfielders in world football in Declan, Re- in Declan Rice at their disposal. And they've got another solid, solid Premier League CDM in Thomas Socek there as well. Yeah. So there's absolutely no reason why David Moyes is playing Paqueta in that defensive role and not allowing him to be that Dimitri Payet once was for West Ham yeah. and express himself like he can do. I don't know, it's, it's an odd one. And I think, yeah, David Moyes stuck in his ways. New manager comes in, he could get the best out of these players. Like, we're only halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty that can happen. Like, we have some a lot of football to play. Like they're yeah. still in, they're still in that conference league as well. Yeah, people forget about like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The board would want to win that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they will. It's as simple as that. So like, and West Ham could finish just above the relegation zone, but win that conference league, and that's a successful season. And then yeah. in the Europa League. Yeah, nice. yeah. Our following season. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah for That's true. No. That's true. All right, then another another deal that is just about to get done. Um. Pablo Sarabia, he is heading to Wolves. We, we touched upon this transfer a wee bit last week, Oren, but mm-hmm. it, it seems like it is at that, at that final final stage. Yeah. Um, like he, he's a, he is an exciting talent, has, has played for Sevilla, put up some fantastic numbers at Sevilla. Um, he moved to PSG, hasn't quite worked out, but I was actually shocked at how much game time he got at PSG. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise yeah. he had played for PSG as much as what he had like done. Like 90 games or something? Yeah, yeah. which... I, I didn't see that, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but now he's coming into the Premier League. He's moving to Wolves. Obviously, they have lifted themselves off those relegation places there with um, with a nice win over the weekend. So, what's your take on this? He, he Is is he going to come in and make Wolves much better? I do think so. Yeah, I do think so. He brings that experience. Uh, he was a stalwart in Spain's World Cup squad as well. Uh, me and Dorman, actually, just before we came on to this pod, we're looking at Sarabia's stats. And what was it, Dorman? He scored 23 goals last season. 21 all competitions and 15 in the league. 15 in the league scorer. for Sporting last season. And they came though. second. And they came second. Yeah. And like that's for for any league, that's an incredible, that's incredible good. return. And for €5 million Euros to sign Sarabia, that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Look, he's 30, but that's just experience. And he brings versatility because he can play on the right, he can play on the left, he can play in the middle. And... He's a creative midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with last week, we likened him to the likes of Bernardo Silva in the terms of his style of play. Yeah, um, and that's only going to help Wolves because Wolves have their midfielders. You know, they've Maris Nunes, they've Neves, they've Moutinho, and they're all silky footballers. Yeah. And this is just an ass silky footballer who Julian Lopetegui knows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and knows how to get the best out of him. It's a no-brainer for Wolves. Yeah, Connor. Obviously, look as as Orn literally just said, he has worked under Lopetegui before. Yeah. It's not as if this is going to be a transfer that comes in and the ma- the player has to adapt to the manager. <laughs> manager and player already know yeah. each other. It, it does have all the signs to be successful before he's even kicked a ball for Wolves, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Like five million for a player of that caliber, especially Wolves again. They they struggle to score goals, and he's a creative player. He scores goals. Um, he's worked under the manager. He's played at top clubs, and as you were saying, at PSG, he's played like ninety games. You know, he was part of the team that won a few titles, so it's just a no-brainer, creative player, um, top scorer last year. And, and Portuguese league is not a bad league. Like, it's you know, still a decent standard. A lot of football. good players come from there to the Premier League, mm-hmm. like Bernardo Silva and players like that. So I know he is 30 again, but as we said before, players can play a bit longer. Seems to be like their standards maybe improve. Like they're still good to 33-34. So I think as... Um, Orn was saying Wolves have a lot of these players like Neves and Matinho that are good players but like to sit a bit deeper this player play a bit more forward he can even play on the wing play centre attack and mid so he's a no-brainer like yeah Owen 
just with this transfer window then, Wolves have gone from looking like a, maybe a, a minimum squad now to, to suddenly recouping some of that talent that they lost over the past couple of seasons. Now they have, they've, they have a midfield three that's incredibly strong with you know Nunes, Neves, Moutinho. They have Ad- still have Adama. Now they've added Sarabia. They've added Cunha to this now too. Still in talks, obviously, with a few other players. I believe they're trying to get Felipe over the line from Atletico Madrid. Good sign. Um, so if if they manage to say take Felipe in as well by the end of the window, they're probably in a comfortable position to stay up, aren't they? I think well, Wolves will stay up. They're playing since Lapatelli came in. They've been playing actually really good football, mm-hmm. and they have been in decent form. Like uh, they gave United a bit of a game, um, that should have beat Liverpool in both the first game. They were robbed uh, in the first FA Cup tie, yep. and then they were by far the better team the other night against them. They've been getting results that they weren't necessarily getting. Like the his first, they ground like that two one winning in Everton. That was massive for them. Yeah. So I do think Wolves will stay up, and Wolves have always had a great squad. Um, like the likes of Neves, Matini, and all. Like they're like everybody forgets. Ruben Neves is still only like twenty four. Yeah. Like everybody just assumes Ruben Neves is like thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. But um, it's so, like they have good <clears throat> players. Uh, uh, Cunha is a great player coming in for them. Obviously, the signing of Sarabia now. So like they're bolstering that squad to getting a squad that's not relegation calibre yeah and I do think they will stay up now with uh, the football they are playing and the new manager I like the way Oren mentioned Sarabia's versatility um, this is I just looking at the transfer market this is a list of positions he's played throughout his career he's played right wing attacking mid left wing centre forward right midfield uh, striker left midfield left back and centre mid oh. all throughout his career so like he's, and he's played like over 100 games in both wings uh, 50 games in centre mid, 60 games in centre attacking mid. Whoa. So he does offer that really massive bit of uh, versatility, which is great for in the th- uh, league, Premier League, where injuries will happen. Mm-hmm. If somebody was to get injured, Sarabia can slot in and not weaken the team in that position. Mm-hmm. Or if uh, a player was to get sent off and needed somebody to drop deeper in the centre mid, Sarabia could do that no bother. Yep. So this is, I think this is a great signing for Wolves. And at 5 million, it's no risk at all. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I really like this signing, always liked Sarabia as a player, always really enjoyed watching him. I can remember when Sevilla played um, United in the Europa League a few years ago and he, he was absolutely excellent, really, really excellent. And he was a very technical, very skillful player to watch. And I do, I definitely think he comes in and he definitely makes Wolves a lot stronger. And at €5 million, Euro, it does make you wonder, like, you know, boys, you know, you see deals like this and you have to wonder, like, why, why is it only Wolves that are in for a player like this? Surely there has to be some of the bigger clubs looking at, at a guy like this here, in all seriousness. I would say the war. Do you know what I mean? I would say the war. But January, a lot of clubs don't want to spend in January. That's why you see so much business done in the summer and so much money spent in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, in terms of this, uh, I would not be surprised if there was other, even bigger clubs than Wolves in for him. But he's worked under Lapitagi before, as we said. And once you have a good relationship with the manager, you want to work with that manager again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's went to Wolves, especially when most of Wolves' team are Spanish, Portuguese-speaking yeah. players anyway. So mm-hmm. he's, he's going into almost a culture that he's familiar with. Yeah. Um, well, he's going to know Adama from the Spain squad anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, obviously... Um, having worked with Lopetegui, it, it's just that instant relationship yeah. straight away. So yeah. he already has friends there, I suppose. Exactly. And look, then there's the Brazilian boys, there's the Portuguese fellas. He literally is coming into a culture that he's familiar with. 
in a new league that's so important mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a no-brainer transfer he's, he's going to be successful yeah yeah all right moving it on from Sarabia then I'm going to talk about another player then who is being linked with possibly linking up with his former manager as well we have um, Arnab Danjuma has arguably been one of the the most promising talents within European football over the last few seasons um, has played excellently for Villarreal was the top scorer in the championship three years I think it's three years ago now two years ago three years ago um with Bournemouth, um, moved from Bournemouth to Villarreal, has kicked on, really looked like a promise and talent. Um, now being linked with Aston Villa, being linked with Everton, being linked with um, uh, there was somebody else as well. There was another Premier League club I think was linked with them too. It's Brighton, Brighton. I think he's been linked with too. Um, these are three good teams, all looking to to try and get the loan signing of Dan Juma. Now, the interesting thing about this, Owen, is it is just going to be a six-month loan deal. Mm-hmm. There's no option to buy. There's no obligation to buy. And his agent sort of has been flirting with quite a few clubs. And he's even been over to France to try and flirt with a few clubs. He's been in Holland trying to flirt with a few clubs. But Horny bastard, but Oh, very horny. <laughs> but... It seems as though England is the destination that he wants to come back to. He said this openly in an interview that he wants to come back and play English football. He feels that the Premier League is a league um, that's on the up and up and he wants to be to play a major part in it. Yeah. It would make sense, really, the Aston Villa move, wouldn't it? Yeah, but as you said about Sarabia, this is a transfer that absolutely baffles me. I think Danjuma is a really, really good forward and he can play on the left and he can play up front. Like... Played in the Champions League semi-final last year. Played in the yeah. Champions League semi-final last year. We went to see United and Villarreal last year on your birthday and he tore Rafael Varane inside out <laughs> all did. game. He did. So I don't understand why... Look, I know United have signed Wood Weghorst, but I don't understand when it is only a six-month loan, why don't you sign him when he's available, when mm. you've seen what he's done to your team in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it surprises me that Bournemouth aren't back in for him because I think if Bournemouth were back in for him, he'd go there. Um, it would be quite tight between Bournemouth and linking up with Unai Emery again. Um, but yeah, I think now that they've sold Danny Ings, all 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 roads lead to Aston Villa for Arnott and Juma, um, and he'll be successful there because he knows Emery's style of football. He knows Emery. He probably knows a couple of boys in the squad as well. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, so that's the Aston Villa perspective. Connor, we'll look at it from the Everton perspective then. This is obviously a player that, you know, if he's on Everton's radar, they must think he's going to be the guy that's going to keep them up. Would you agree with that sentiment? They definitely need like, a player who's going to score them goals. Everton at the minute are just, they just can't score goals. All their goals are coming from like midfield and their backs. So, yeah, Dunjum is obviously a versatile player. can play on the wing striker. And... Um, He's Champions League proven as well. Like that's that's the crazy thing. As we were saying there, how is bigger clubs not coming in for him? Mm-hmm. Six month loan. I think United he would have been perfect for as well. Um, played. I seen him a bit in the Champions League last year. He played against like Bayern Munich and he looked very good. Yeah. Um. So Everton definitely need a player of his quality. I can't see him going to Everton. I think it is going to be between Bournemouth and Villa. I think obviously he's been at Bournemouth before on their linked him and Villa under Emery. And I think he'll just succeed in the Premier League. Yeah. And God knows what it'll cost then if it's ah, six if months loan, and then it goes, and then you'll see. Do you know what'll happen? He'll probably have good six months, and then the big teams will be in for him, and pay a for- somebody will pay a fortune. Yeah. That's what always happens. Mm-hmm. So that'll, mm-hmm. that's what I think will happen. Um, Owen, look, 
that's that's obviously the the Villa and the um, the Everton perspective. So I'll look at the Brighton perspective now as well. Um, I think from what um, David Ornstein has reported, it's actually Brighton that look the most likely to get the deal done there, the ones that have progressed most with the talks and um, with his agent. Obviously Trossard's gonna gonna yeah. leave the club now as well. Um where does he fit in in Brighton then? Well yeah, well Trossard's well out the door, like so he's he's almost the perfect replacement for Trossard down that left hand side. Um obviously we can play left he can play out like left and through the middle at the minute. Uh, Ferguson's doing so well for Brighton they don't need somebody to play for the middle. Yep. But um look this is a twenty five year old player with Champions League experience, uh, international experience, he's played in one of the best leagues in the world, and he hasn't looked out of place in any of it. Yeah. Um. So it's a no-brainer for a team. I'd like to see him go to the Bre- go to Brighton because I think he deserves to be at a club higher up the table. Yeah. And I think Brighton is building something around there. I I think I don't think Brighton's one of these flash in the pan teams who, like a West Ham, he finished sixth one year and then, um, they're fighting again for relegation next year. I think. Yeah. If Brighton keep building the way they're building, that Brighton is here for the long haul, sustaining that top uh, top half of the table status. So I think he'd be a perfect player for the likes of Brighton. Um, as Connor said, he'd probably come in for six months. If he does well, then you'd have the likes of Tottenham or Arsenal, Chelsea, these boys sniffing around a t- player like this. Yeah. So I think it's a no-brainer for a team like Brighton to go. I'd love to see him at Brighton. I think he suits the style of football to play at Brighton. And I think he'd be really successful at Brighton. Mm-hmm. Brighton are going well, so... It probably is the best shout for him and the manager's very very good yeah. and they play good football as Owen was saying so Brighton could be a good could spot be a for him good yeah. option yeah well look talking about Brighton that moves us on then perfectly onto our, our next transfer to cover uh, Leandro Trossard or and again this is one we touched on um, a little bit last week seems to have um, quite a public falling out with manager Roberto De Zerbe mm-hmm. um, De Zerbe has questioned his attitude his work ethic Probably doesn't help that, you know, Matoma is, <laughs> is really, really looking good at the yeah. minute. Um, so it was always going to be a bit of a struggle for him to, you know, push back into the team. And that's not questioning Trossard's quality. That's just the fact that Matoma is playing out of his skin at the mm-hmm. minute. You would probably mm-hmm. say Matoma could be a, a candidate for Premier League Player of the Month, yeah, let definitely. alone Brighton Player of the Month, yeah. you know. Um, look, Arsenal, they're going to be the, they look to be the, the side that he's going to head to. Quite a relatively low price. What are you making of that then? Trossard or Arsenal? Well, look, it, it seemed a low price whenever we talked about it last week. Um, and we were talking about him going to the other North London giant in Tottenham. Um, and they were talking about a, a deal about £12 million. Um, but I've seen this morning, David Ornstein reported it and Fabrizio Romano said it. Even though he's only got six months in the deal, it looks to be a £30 million transfer. Oh, is that how much it's going to end up costing? Looks yeah. like it, yeah. It's a lot. Um, I knew it was twenty million with add-ons, but they never clarified how much the add-ons yes. was going to be. Well, it looks like a thirty million pound package. God, that actually um, is a lot of money then. Well, look, it's a lot of money. Yes, of course it is. But this is a fellow with seven Premier League goals this season. Mm-hmm. He's playing good football. He was in the Belgian squad at the World Cup. Arsenal needed a left winger. Apparently, I didn't think they did, but apparently they did. That's why they were going after Mudrik. And now they're going for a left winger in the Andrew Trossard. And Trossard can play anywhere along that front three. And is this to replace play. Martinelli though, do you reckon? Or is this just no, to play a backup? I wouldn't I wouldn't I say it's, it's to replace more cover. I would yeah. say it's cover. Like we've seen 
we're all talking about Arsenal as these potential title winners this season. And if you're a potential title winner, you need a title winning squad. Mm-hmm. Not just a title winner first eleven, you need mm-hmm. a title winning squad. Look at Man City, they've got hundreds of millions of pounds of players oh, on, the, on bench. the bench. Yeah. Um they need players who if Martinelli gets injured or drops in form, they need a Premier League quality midfielder who can come in and do the exact same job or a better job. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the Andrew Trossard, look, he's twenty eight. He's he's definitely not long in the tooth, long in the tooth. He's coming into his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he didn't have six months on his contract, we'd be talking thirty million. This is an absolute bargain. Um, but obviously, just with the public fallout between Brighton and and Leandro Trossard and the manager calling out his attitude, which I think could be a big risk for Arsenal, because you have a team that's in good harmony here at the yeah, minute, yeah. in great spirits. Every win. Every game is a cup final for Arsenal at the mm-hmm. minute, and they're really looking to win this Premier League this season. And yeah. They look like they can do it. If this transfer goes through, Mikel Arteta needs to be 100% certain that this will not disrupt the positive harmony that's going on in the yeah, club. Yeah. Because one bad attitude we've seen it many times with multiple clubs, one bad attitude, one snake in the grass, call it, in the dressing room, will change the mentality of an entire team. Yeah. Ability-wise, this is a fantastic signing for Arsenal, in my opinion. Because, look, on the left-hand side, they're going to have Trossard as a replacement. On the right-hand side, they've got Emil Smith-Rowe. And both these players can also play in the middle. So that's, that's, it's, fen- it's phenomenal business, quality-wise. I just hope, for Arsenal's sake, that they're not banking on this just because they missed out in Mudrick. And I hope it doesn't hinder their mentality and harmony. I'm very glad that you have mentioned attitude. And I'm very glad that you spoke about the harmony that Arsenal have at the minute, Owen. Owen, obviously, you are our Arsenal perspective on this podcast. They yeah. are, they're they are your Premier League side. Does this worry you a bit? Look, the reason he has an attitude problem is because he can't get back into Brighton's team. And yeah. now Owen has just said he's probably not going to start ahead of Martinelli. Does it worry you that these are going to be the same issues at Arsenal then? It's definitely a concern that you have a transfer like this. Look at Owen's right, Arsenal do need cover on the wings. Like, if Martin Elliott or Saka goes, gets injured, who comes in? Mm-hmm. Just Smith Rowe, I think, is the only one. Yeah, and Smith Rowe is more yeah. of a, a midfielder, a rather, 10 rather than flat a flat out winger. Yeah, so yeah. They do need a winger in. Look at Arteta's dealt with attitude problems before with the likes of Xhaka. We've covered that a lot and the great job he's done with Xhaka. Yeah. Aubameyang no, no, he got rid of Aubameyang which is the right thing to do because mm-hmm. Aubameyang was toxic and you've seen it with Chelsea he's toxic he's nowhere near that Chelsea team Yeah. Um, look at it, a lot of times you do see players attitude just go when they want out of a club Yeah. and it's clear Trossard doesn't want to be there Trossard feels like he's earned his move elsewhere you like you never get the idea Trossard's like kind of stuck for the team expecting the move to come Yes. like he was told look at stay with us till the end of the season we'll get you in the summer and then he didn't get away in the summer, and now he he just he just said right no this is it I want away. You were told me I could go away. I want away now. If he comes in the Arsenal, could his attitude improve potentially? But as Owen says, Arteta needs to be one hundred percent certain mm-hmm. that this is this won't disrupt that dressing room because as soon as you lose a dressing room, it's gone. Yeah. Um. Like if the legs him come in and he's not working as hard, and then he starts ahead of someday, that's. That's where the clicks start to form, yeah, and that's where the whole thing collapses. I do think uh, it could be a good bit of business. I do think thirty million is a bit steep. 
with only six months left in the deal. Yeah. Especially for a player who so publicly wants away, like a prop should be hurting Brighton's negotiating power that he doesn't want to be there, so you should be able to get him a wee bit cheaper. Yeah. Look at if Artadov feels that he can sort the attitude out and the attitude won't be a problem, I say hundred percent go for it. It's a great bit of cover business. It's a great player to have in reserve. And as one said, he can play anywhere right across. He can even slip in behind the striker if needed. Mm-hmm. So if Artada's sure, I think it's a bit of business that he should do. But you do have to worry a wee bit about the attitude problems that have crept up in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Connor, obviously, Martinelli, um, fantastic talent. Probably probably you know one of the best young starlets um, in the Premier League. Has really been in fantastic form this season. But there's a trend with Martinelli's career that he goes on good periods of goal-scoring runs, but then his form does dip drastically, especially towards the back end of the season. Is this the type of signing then that you feel whenever Martinelli maybe does have a little bit of a dip in form, you literally have... A, a, not a like for like replacement but in terms of overall Premier League quality you have a player that can come in and score yeah. plenty of goals as well with Arteta it's like it seems to be he's kind of taking that City approach where he wants like two players in each position they have a lot of games coming up like Europa League they're still the FA Cup they got the Premier League so I think I think this is a good signing as we're saying 30 million is a bit um, steep but Marnelli the last few games hasn't been as good he's a young player obviously he's going to have dips in form yeah Um. And in case of injuries, as we were saying, like where's their backup? They've Smith Rowe, who has been injured a lot of the season, and players like Reese Nelson, but he's probably not not good enough to play for Arsenal. The thing about the character as well is there was no real talk about his character until this new manager came in. Yeah. And he scored seven goals in the Premier League. He was the main man for Brighton. He was one of the best players in the Premier League at the start of the year. Yeah. And he's come in, this manager's come in and says, No, I don't, don't like your attitude. Uh, don't fancy You're not you. trying hard enough. And then suddenly he's the scapegoat of screw him kind of thing. Yeah. So I think if Arsenal are going for him, I know there's a bit of a risk there. He's 28 now, his character, but there's been no previous talk about his character. He's played for Belgium. He's he played in the World Cup. Um, I think I think this is a big signing for Arsenal. I think this is actually the kind of signing they need. As we said, there's certain positions they need backup, maybe a CDM. But if they can get that, even if injuries occur they're still in a prime position to win the Premier League challenge for the FA Cup Europa League. Yeah. So I think this is a I think this is a great sign for Arsenal. Yeah. Fair enough. I completely agree. I think Trossard definitely adds um, more quality to, to Arsenal. I mean, we always question Arsenal's squad depth and whether they have, you know, the depth to go uh, you know, go on and win mm-hmm. the Premier League and he definitely adds adds squad depth to, to Arsenal. I still think they need to get a maybe a backup six mm-hmm. um, in, yeah, in before the definitely. end of the window just because you need to be careful of party's injury record but I, I think it's a good bit of business but for Arsenal. question I was going to ask because you know Tottenham as well like why are Tottenham not going in for a player like this? Um, I would say the price point price is probably what is stuck in. if it's going to be 30 million I, I, don't, I can't see Levy being willing to spend yeah, 30 million. We, we, because all, I know, thought we all know how Tottenham, shrewd Levy is. Like. Yeah, I thought Tottenham would suit Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Well I thought he would suit Tottenham, yeah. especially with the form that Son, Son's been into this. But we 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 literally spoke about this yeah, last yeah. week. Um, I thought he, he suited Tottenham. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought with the form Son was in, he could probably come in and start for Tottenham straight away. Whereas Martinelli's been in great form, mm-hmm. so he's yeah, probably yeah. not going to start ahead of Martinelli. Tottenham might have made more sense for him personally, but look. Tottenham's also in a situation where they don't exactly know if their managers stand or go on as well. Exactly, so exactly. They can't be putting thirty million into a player. When exactly, they don't a lot of instability in Tottenham at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. and also like probably if you're choosing Arsenal or Tottenham, you're definitely going to Arsenal at the minute. Oh, 100%. percent. Because you have a manager there who has like a plan, and you have a chance to win a Premier League medal. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's as well. He probably will take the squad, you know, the role player yeah. thing because 
there's a Premier League to be one there and yeah. you're going to be Champions League next year next year so. yeah. and that's what every player wants everybody wants to play in the Champions yeah. League yeah. Mm-hmm. look um, that gives us a good segue then into the other club in North London um, Tottenham I'll just run through these last few transfers um, quickly because I have a wee segment I want to do with you again this week lads um, Pedro Porro uh, Spurs have made an opening bid uh, bid has, the details of the price haven't been haven't been given. I've looked at a few reports. Some reporting that it's fifteen. Some reporting that it's twenty. Some reporting it's twenty two. So I, I can't give you a price because I'm not sure what what the price is going to be. Pedro Porro, great stats for Sporting this season. <clears throat> Just left Man City in the summer um, to to sign permanently for Sporting, but he has been one of the best European right backs in terms of numbers. His ball progressions are great. His recoveries are great. Um, main attributes in the scout report that I read is rapidly quick, mm-hmm. um, great with the ball at his feet, and was very unlucky to miss out on Spain's World Cup squad. Oren, makes sense for Spurs? Yeah, he makes sense for Spurs, 100%. Um, but I do see the Sportings holding out for this €45 million Euro release clause, um, and I don't see them paying that. Uh, if they do structure a deal a bit cheaper than that, yeah, 100%. However... Like even though I think it makes perfect sense for Spurs, and if they sign him, he will be successful for them. I am just weary, and I'm going to say this, boys, keep an eye on Man City with this transfer, because obviously he only left City in the summer on a permanent. I know they've got a buyback clause on because I remember reading it whenever he so he signed permanently for Sporting, and I'm pretty sure it's 35 million. I think they've a buyback of 35 million, even though it's released close 45. So I would just be skeptical. If Tottenham really do pursue this, if he is such a good right back, I would not be surprised to see City execute their buyback and then sell him or keep him. I just wouldn't be surprised. But look, from a Tottenham perspective, ticks all the boxes. Makes sense. Um, look, the side the side Jed Spence in the summer hasn't worked out. No. Um, they need a top quality right wing back, and Pedro Porro is genuinely a right wing back. He's not. A fullback, nope. he's a right wing back, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's the system Tottenham's playing, uh, so they really, really need that. Um, destroy Tottenham in the Champions League this year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Sad in Champions League the home game, their sporting's home game killed them, yeah, yeah, really, really killed them. him and Marcus Edwards. That that right hand side caused Spurs problems a lot of away problems. from home as well. They beat them, didn't they? Like 2 0, 2 0, he was yeah. very good, he was yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal yeah. provided an assist. Well, that's yeah. it, uh, it's a no brainer for Tottenham, uh, obviously, it's a big price point. If I was back in Conte, I'd be going for it. Um, but it just depends whether they are going to back Conte. For Spurs, it makes sense. Look, if it goes through, it's a dangerous, dangerous signing for Spurs because he, he will cause problems to the teams in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He really will. And he could change the mentality at Spurs because it's the fullbacks that I've noticed anyway from the little I've watched Spurs fully. Like I would see the highlights in that, but from the little I've watched Spurs... The fullbacks are the real problem for Spurs. You well, when cannot you, rely on Matt Doherty and Ryan Sassano. When no. you when you play a two in midfield, uh, like your midfielders aren't going to be creators yeah. in that sense. They're going to have to be workhorses. So yeah. your main ball progression and your main break the lines players are your fullbacks. Your fullbacks. Yeah, and absolutely. if your fullbacks are poor, yeah. yeah, this is why Conte's system's been unsuccessful this season. Like Tottenham's midfielders, they would drop into the fullback positions, yeah. don't they? Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's why Keane has to drop. So deep yeah, to get, because get on the ball, to get on the ball because yeah. Spurs' wing backs just don't help out enough. Mm-hmm, yeah. And look, Matt Hardy has actually been playing quite well in recent weeks. It's the yeah. best form he's been in since he left Wolves. Wolves, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
I mean, I'm not being funny, but Ryan Sessegnon and Matt Doherty aren't going to be the guys that push you on to top four. No, absolutely. No. Even seen Sessegnon's miss at the weekend, like. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, and he missed ridiculous. big chance, could have changed the game. Yeah. Yeah. Porto has played 23 games this season for Sporto. He's two goals and 10 assists from white wing back. For Sporto, but. That's a quality club, man. <laughs> That's the elite in Portugal. Uh, sport, 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 got fed up with Benfica. Through the way of aggravation together. Did you hear him earlier? He said Todd Bowl. There's too many O's in, in Pedro Poro. <laughs> no, I agree, Owen. I think he, he, he definitely makes Spurs um, a better team. And this, if, if they have any aspirations of getting into the top four this season, this is the type of signing that they need to make in genre. But he lost for Sporto, though, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Sporto recover <laughs> no. after this. He, he, suits, he suits Conte's system. Like, the right wing back, they need that. Doherty, maybe he's not as good going forward. Mm-hmm. Doherty has improved a bit. He did score against mm-hmm. Palace, but as Owen was saying about Sporto, he, he had 10 assists. Like, so. Yeah. Good player. Good signing. Yeah. Good signing if Spurs yeah. end up getting yeah. them. Connor, I'll come to you then with an, an out from Man United. Um, Anthony Alanga looks like he's going to Dortmund on loan, which is a bit of a... That's a surprise. <laughs> a bit of a curveball, that one, isn't it? I thought he'd be away to like, the Championship or something. Yeah, was, uh, well, I think Everton were the ones in the Premier League that are most likely to sign him, but it's now the, the Dortmund interest is concrete and it looks like Dortmund's going to try <coughs> and get that deal done. Um That'd be good. I think it's going to be a good move for him. For him, do yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, because he needs a bit of an experience. It's a good league. Obviously, for United, he has been. I thought, see, at the start, I thought, oh, he could be some player, but he's just been very disappointing mm-hmm. this season. He has played a few games. Um, he's only twenty. He needs experience in a Dortmund. I know. I think I seen your tweet. Or was it like Yanazai went to? Just screams of an on Yanazai yeah, loan move went, when he went to Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it does to me. Yeah. yeah. So again, hopefully, he gets game time because. I wouldn't really watch Stormont that much, but will he start for them? No. No. So They won't. That's why I was thinking maybe like an ever like as you were saying Everton or a championship team. Like you were seeing um we call Diallo or at uh at Sunderland, not Diallo. Oh Amad, yeah. Uh, Amad, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has just came on so much. Like he obviously went to Rangers, he was very poor, but he's went to the championship and he's got that confidence and I think when he comes back to United he could be uh, a different level a now. Different player. So Alanga yeah. maybe and he's only twenty, so I think United will eventually, though, offload him. Yeah, he will eventually go. Even if, I say, even if he plays, say he went to Dortmund, played okay. I think that be like if right. somebody came in with a bit of money. They cash we'll, in on we'll their cash 15, in 20 million, yeah, whatever you can I get from. I think so. Exactly. Look, if somebody come in and offered fifteen million for Langan, I'd bite their hand off. hundred percent. To be honest, look at Dortmund have a history of nurturing young players, mm-hmm. like so. It's probably the best move yeah. for him to go to a club like Dortmund, the big club who aren't afraid to give you a chance, like so. Yeah, could work out well for him. Yeah, look, it could. Look, I don't think he starts for Dortmund, to be honest. Um, their front three is pretty settled, to be honest. Adeyemi on the right, um, Makoko down the middle, and uh, Thorgan Hazard on, on the left. Um, sometimes that fella Wolf comes in. Um, he plays quite well. Obviously, they have um, Anthony Modest as well. That can come Haller's in. Back now Haller well. is now yeah, back, back as well. And Haller is probably going to be their, their starting striker, you would yeah. imagine. Um, and I would say, if they're trying to convince Makoku to stay, he has to get game time somewhere within yeah, that team. Yeah. They've done Yael Malin as well. It's a lot of forward oh, options, to be honest. Hours. And now you're going to add Langa to that as well. So I don't really know where the minutes come from. Look, honestly... Um, Alanga's a Man United player, so I wish him nothing but the best. I do want him to go out there and absolutely smash it. Um, I want him to smash it because then it means we can charge maybe 30, 30, 35 million in the summer. (laughs) Because I just don't think he's going to work out at Man United, to be completely honest. I don't think he's a Man United calibre player. Um, 
not that that means a lot these days, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What, it, what is a Man United caliber player these days? <laughs> I'm not just, Paul Drogba. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not quite sure. Um, but yeah, look, I, I do. I wish him all the best. Good luck, Anthony. Hope you're enjoying the pod. <laughs> And Owen, I'll come to you with the last um, transfer that we have to cover then. Um, Nottingham Forest look like they're going to secure a six-month loan deal for Chris Wood. No option to buy, no obligation to buy. Straight six-month deal. Good signing? Yeah, look what we talked about. Forest needing goals and covert striker. And Chris Wood has scored in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Like He's great at Burnley. Anytime he came in for Newcastle when they needed him, he done well. So I think it's a no-brainer for Forest if he's available. Six-month loan deal. Uh, No... No uh, risk really to bring Chris Wood in. Mm-hmm. Like he'll get you goals. Um, I talked about uh, Force already having a big squad there the other day yeah. in the podcast. Yeah, but a player like this isn't going. Chris Wood isn't going to come in and disrupt the dressing room. Yeah, he, he's a hard worker. He's a workhorse. He'll put his head down. So I think it's a great signing for Force if they get it done. Helps probably will help them stay up. Yep, and then they can look at getting more striking options in in, in the summer. summer. Yep. So there's yep. no risk for them. So yep. great signing, hundred percent. Um. Just want a quick one from his lads before we go. Um, DeForest, stay up? Yes. Stay up? Yes. Stay up? I said yes on the podcast. So I had said they're done, they're relegated. Yeah, they'll yeah. stay up now. <laughs> I'm still 50-50 on them. Still away by 50-50. I think there's still half a season to play, so that's plenty of points to gain, yeah. but plenty of points to also drop as well. I, think, I just think there's teams worse than them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's definitely teams worse than them, 100%. Mm-hmm. I just think the, these these players need to gel. <clears throat> um, and they actually have been gelling quite well yeah. in, in recent weeks, but look, I'm just still unconvinced on them. Um, I still feel like they have that mentality that they've maybe already they maybe already resigned themselves to going down, and yeah. they thought, right, well, if we have players in here, they're still sellable assets, and that's like a force to go down to the championship. That's probably the God. strongest championship side you'll ever <laughs> see. I like. think uh, Gibbs White though is the main man. Like if yeah. he got injured yeah. or something, they'd be screwed because since he's come back, he is their creative option their go-to so, yeah. yeah he's, he's the vital. Yeah. the World Cup was probably the best thing for Forrest yeah. because a lot of them players well probably most of them play, I don't know if any Forrest player went to the World Cup maybe Renan Lodi I'm no. sure I there was think that many though. So, no. but even if they, if, if they had one or two fair enough but that six weeks or whatever gave them a real chance to train together and whatever it did Definitely. so I did. Yeah. All right then, um, Owen Connor. This one is directed specifically at you. I gave this little section to Owen last week, mm. but I'm now interested to hear yours. Mm. So what I want from <laughs> you is I want only focused on summer transfers here. So summer or transfers that happened in the summer. Hang on a second, Connor. You tell us what it is if you've listened to the board. As well, lad. Oh, you oh, are terrible. You oh are ta- not even listening to your own no, podcast, I, I for God's sake. I, I didn't hear <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I heard, a, I heard a wee bit about Felix. I heard that wee bit. Was this at the end of the podcast? Yeah, it was at the, the end, end of the podcast. Oh, I just didn't yeah. get that far. I mean, I, mean, honestly, I listened to like, the first five minutes, and I was like, right, the sound quality's grand, and then I go do something else, because oh. I have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> there we go, Richie. Yeah, Man, I had an exam, I was studying. No, I. It's been all this lesson. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I need from you is. From the summer transfers only, I want th- th- your top three successes, and I want your top three flops. So, Owen, if you want to give your successes first. Hmm. Top three successes coming in the summer. Well, Erling Holland, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I've drawn pure we blanks people coming in the summer. I've been ready. Yeah, had a listen. Um, Bruno Gamar, not Bruno Gamar, he came in. Why is it Someone who yeah. got a book in last night. My man Casemiro, yeah, which was 
uh, that was hor- bad for United. Him, yeah, like, yeah, the worst yeah, possible yeah. scenario. Him yeah, really being was. missing out. So obviously Holland Casemiro has been great. Um, and I know he's been injured, but I'm going to say Gabriel Jesus for Arsenal just because uh-huh. at the start of the season, he, the, the hold the play, the playmaking really helped Arsenal get off to a great run. So that'll yeah. be my top three successes. I think that's completely fair enough. Connor, top three successes uh, from the summer. Well, he's took all the good ones. Like you'd have to say Holland because he scored 21 goals. Yeah. Um, Casemiro, I was going to say him. Uh, oh, I don't know. Martinez has been good at United, but these mm-hmm. are all just like United players. I'm thinking like lower down. Um. Newcastle maybe but see Botman did he come in he came in January wasn't he no, no, no Botman, Botman came in the summer because he he has changed that team they're so good defensively mm-hmm. I think I said like 15 times they're like the lowest um, they conceded the least goals in the Premier League kept the most clean sheets yeah. um, Pope wasn't he in the Pope was in the summer I'll go different then we'll get rid of Cas- well Casemiro I'll go Casemiro Pope and Botman because it, Newcastle just changed so much so drastically and it's just been the back line Obviously Trippier as well, but he was January. I think yeah. it was January, yeah. He was January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go with them three, Casemiro, Botman and Pope. Fair enough, fair enough. Owen, Thra- uh, three flops, please. So I'm going to go Spence at Tottenham, because we don't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Skamaka at West Ham, because okay, I still think there's time for Skamaka, but mm-hmm. he's come in and he hasn't done the job. And even though I always say there's still time and he's going to come good, I'm going to go Darwizzi because Darwizzy, yeah. <laughs> Liverpool are in the mud. I went Darwizzy too. Yeah. That makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. Honestly. Fuck you, Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's Connor. a baller in Pro Club. Uh, I'm going to go Calvin Phillips. He's uh-huh. been very disappointing this season. 40 million. Um, I thought, obviously, Rodri, they've one of the best CDMs in the league, but... Sure, he's come in and come back from the World Cup where he's actually trained and he's been like, he's come back overweight. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> but, um, see, Nunez as well. Nunez has been a flop. I actually thought Nunez for Liverpool was going to be the man. I thought he was going to kick them on, mm. get them. I thought Liverpool would challenge this season, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed top four. But he's been, I think every week we've been like, oh, he'll score eventually, but he's just been so poor. Mm-hmm. And then. Do you want to, want to go different? Like Spence is the most obvious one. Really, mm. he costs like twenty million. He yeah. can't even. He's gonna be I, like they're gonna to have to get rid of him. That's my exact three picks. Like from last week. Yeah, Darwin's they're gonna to have to get rid of him Spence. because they're gonna bring this lad in. He's a better player. Yeah, and they've the Hardy as a backup. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you call the back? Emerson Emerson horrendous. He is. I don't even know what to say about him. But I go with Spence because like where's he gonna go? He's got. He probably end up on loan somewhere. They can't keep him like because. Force, they could go back to force maybe that could be a shot. But then they have Avaria, uh, yeah. playing really and well. Nick, Load it. They spend yeah. twenty five million yeah. on Nico Williams. Yeah, I don't know. So they'll, they'll be my three. Them. Like they'll be my three. Mm-hmm. Phillips, like Coutinho could be another one because he did sign. Oh no, I say Coutinho. Yeah, because yeah. he's been a Bamiang as well. A Bamiang, definitely. Right, but you save save some for me for God's sake. <laughs> oh, you're not on yours. I'm not mine yet. <laughs> don't put ideas in my head. I made three successes. From last summer, look, I think every single one of us has to have Holland on the list. It's just, it's too obvious to yeah, miss, yeah. really. Um, I'm actually going to go for um, maybe a sign-in that's a little bit lower down in the table, um, but I, that I think has performed exceptionally well. Well, I say they're lower down in the table, they're still top half. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for Matoma. Mm-hmm, I think Matoma's yeah. just been absolutely excellent this season. I, I really... I don't think you could fault the impact that he's made since he's come in. 
I mean, the fact that he's displaced Trossard, who was comfortably Brighton's best player. He was like their top scorer, seven yeah. goals in the first like, 13 games. Or you know, that for the past three, like two, three seasons in the Premier League, like Trossard has been Brighton's yeah. go-to Definitely. man. Like, and the fact that he's come in and displaced him tells me that this guy is, is a serious talent. And for my third um, top transfer, a uh, bit bass, I'm going to go Man United, but I'm going to go Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to choose one more. Matoma wasn't last summer. Wasn't it? Two summers ago. Signed from the Belgian League, from Gallion. Two summers ago. Was he loaned out? I'm not sure. But he was signed 2021. Was he? Yeah. I thought he was summer as well. August, August, August 2021. Okay, he's the 8th best Japanese player in the UK, look. After all, the Celtic place. I'll go 7 because he's... Irigucci. I, I, I can put him above Irigucci. Just above Irigucci. <laughs> I didn't think he was 2021. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, yeah. Was he was on loan to Union SG. He went back on loan out to them, did he? Yeah. He went back on loan. Right, well, yeah. does he technically count as a summer transfer? Yeah. Then? Well, anyway. Because he never... It, technically, he never played for Brighton. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is the first no, season yeah, playing yeah, for Brighton. Can I go for him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... And yeah, I'm going to go Erickson as my third one, to be honest. I've been shocked at how good <laughs> Erickson has been, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, what's he on? Eight assists now? Seven in seven. the league. Seven in the league. Well, and yeah. then I think it's maybe, well, it's nine in all competitions or yeah, ten in all competitions. He has 11 goal contributions this season. Yeah. And exclusively gets um, the week after I take him out of my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's been excellent. I didn't expect him to play as much as what he has, but yeah. he has been an absolute stalwart for United this season. Um Again, created the assist for Bruno's goal last night. Disappointing result. I actually thought the game changed when we took Erickson off the pitch, to be honest. Mm. thought we played a lot better when Erickson was on the pitch. We were in control of the ball a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Christian Erickson, to be honest. Um, my top three flops. Um, everyone has said Darwin Nunes, who so I probably have to choose somebody else. No. What a shame. Cause I'd pick Darwin. No, pick Darwin. You don't like him. I know, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> you have to like him. He just has been crap. Yeah, yeah. I do hate him. Um, Price tag as well. I do hate him, but you know what? I'll... I'll keep him out of my list. Keep him out of my list. That's nice of you, lot. I'm going to go Raheem <laughs> Sterling. Mm, yeah. As a flop. I think Sterling's been absolutely crap since he went to Chelsea. To be honest, um, I always found, and I, I know people disagree with me, um, and it is a bit of a controversial opinion, but I never thought Sterling was that good anyway. I just thought you put anybody in that silly he, team. He's a beneficiary of the system. Exactly. Not a great player. Uh, not yeah, a great player. From. Yeah, like I feel like you could stick a fucking championship player in that silly team that still scores the same amount of goals Raheem Sterling did, to be mm. honest. Like, um, never thought he was that great of a player I thought the price was decent enough considering the goal return that he had given for City but I just don't think it's worked out at Chelsea so far maybe when a creator comes in um, his form starts to pick up but as for the minute I'm calling him a flop uh, my second flop of the season is hard when you're putting the spot isn't it, mm, like? yeah, it is. you yeah. can't think of players who came in yeah. Oh, Imagine yeah. you doing this way last week. I've literally had all week to sit and think about this. <laughs> and I had three flops, but now now like they were we pretty similar them. to everybody yeah, else's, so yeah. I wanna go I wanna go somebody different. Mm-hmm. <sighs> flops. I'm gonna go Paquetta, number two. That transfer just hasn't worked thus far. Um really, really struggling at West Ham and I, I feel like there is he is a part of the reason why they are so low. I think everybody sort of expected him to come in and be the, the chief creator at West Ham and he's just hasn't hasn't fulfilled that role thus far. So I'm gonna go Lucas Paqueta. And for my third one. Even though he's been good up until this point, would you say a week first? 
He's really fell off the boy in the last. Has fell off few the points. Has fell off the boy, but I maybe just want to put that down to bad form rather yeah, than, his best player, than, than a bad player. Um, mm -hmm. He's Liverpool's best player. He is Liverpool's <laughs> best player. <laughs> um, again, like Jed Spence would be an obvious one. Yeah. Probably could go for a Spurs player. Yeah. Even Basuma. Basuma, yeah. yeah Basuma's Longley, lad. Basuma's definitely. Longley. I think Longley's actually been alright for Spurs. Uh, it's not real. Yeah, it's tough, like. It's I tough think, when you're on the spot. Yeah. I think I would have to go Basuma. Yeah. To be honest. I think out of Spurs, Jed Spence is the obvious one, but Basuma's been poor as well. With all the hype that came with Basuma. Exactly. You know, this was a guy who 12 months ago was. You know, easily one of the best midfielders. It looked like a steal as well. Twenty-five million. You looked at it. You were like, "Wow, this is this is a crazy signing." The fact that Spurs have managed to to sign a player of his caliber, but he's come in. I mean, Conte made those very early comments that he didn't understand the tactical system, which wasn't a good sign. Conte doesn't really persist with players like that. He actually, when he first came into the side, he had three or four really good games, but now he's been replaced by a 21-year-old midfielder in Saar, and that doesn't really look like there's going to be a way back into the first team for him. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Basuma as the third one. Ben Kerr's injured as well, so like, and be even further down the list, like, yeah, still can't get a minute. So it's a hard system coming through for a midfielder because there's only two of you in there. Like, you're all going to get overwhelmed a lot. And if you're not prepared for it, you're probably going to flop. A majority of the game, he's going to end up being playing left wing back or right wing back <laughs> yeah. because of Conte's system. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough for anybody, but he definitely should be considered as a flop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Considering all the hype and what you're expecting to get with Basuma, as you said, one of the best in the league uh, of the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, another, if I was just given a, an honourable mention, Jesse Lingard. Mm. Zero mm -hmm. goals, zero oh, assists. Jillings, yeah. very poor. Very, very poor. Um, and I actually thought when he left United, he was probably going to kick on. And McYardle's doing the Jillings celebration. Yeah, West Ham, yeah. he was so good. So good. So I, just I, dipped. I did think he was going to come in and, and be quite good for Forrest, but it's not been the way. I think up until recent weeks, I could have said Gibbs White as well, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> in recent weeks, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Aubameyang, yeah, that's definitely a good one. Cucurella, that's another that's one. Another that's one. been absolutely drastic. Koulibaly. Fafana, but he hasn't really played. Chelsea. Just, 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 Chelsea. just, the whole Chelsea, just Chelsea as a football club. Yeah. The whole summer transfer Shite. business. Yeah. <laughs> um, Burn it all. Yeah, I think you know, transfer transfers are funny. Like you know, they do either work or they don't. You really do. Havertz shade transfer, not this summer. Like not just in general shade transfer. Miss amount, but they didn't buy him. Yeah. <laughs> the team would just be doing that. I was thinking like, oh, who have Liverpool brought in other than Darwin because Liverpool's supposed to perform? Who? Like, uh, Fabio Carvalho. That was the only. That was the only. I won the brought in. I mean, like, yeah. it just shows how little business Liverpool do. Yeah, yeah. but you can't think of any track because I haven't made any bloody transfers. And to be honest, I actually think Carvalho has been pretty decent. Yeah, he's been decent. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's been decent. Yeah. Um. So it is only Darwin. Um. And now Gakpo as well, obviously, who hasn't really hit the ground running yet. I sort of expected that he would. But he hasn't. Mm -hmm. um, but Jesus, far too early to call a player like that a flop. Pounds played five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, um, Darwin definitely a flop as well. Um, <laughs> just have to get that in there. Uh, but yeah, I would say my that that would be my three. They would be my three, and then obviously we had a few of those honourable mentions as well. Good picks, good picks. Will we finish it up, boys? Yeah. 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 So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, if you haven't already, we have released um, episode seven um, of the Bottom Bins podcast. So go and check that out. That'll be on the the normal Bottom Bins YouTube channel, um, and Spotify and all the other top 
um, podcast naps. Once again, find us on the Parallel Sports app. Um, got some good content on this week on the Parallel we Sports did. app yeah, um, regarding the, the potential takeover of Manchester United with Sir Jim Ratcliffe going public. Um, also looking at a comparison between transfer targets for Manchester United in the summer. So we were joined by Isaac from United Cloud um, on those parlays. So please go and check them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely some, some, some good content. We finally got one of our fans to do a parlay with us as well. Yep. We had uh, Stevie from Armagh talking about Liverpool's structure, uh, where they're going under FSG, uh, potential new owners and their potential transfers. So we're going to have that up on our socials very soon as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was another another good episode to do. Nice to talk to speak to somebody who, who likes the podcast yeah. and, and who listens to us regularly. So that was that was really, really nice. Yeah, really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Really enjoyed that one. Um, please give us a follow on Twitter. Handle is at BottomBinsPod. Give us a follow on Instagram at BottomBinsPod. We will be coming on to TikTok very soon um, as well. So look out for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- yeah, once again, just thank you so much for, for all the support. We do really, really appreciate it. And as always, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. Keep, keep a bottom bins. bins.